0: So there are a lot of places we can start in this one. Ben Shulman bullpen struggles uh, runners in scoring position, not being cashed in certainly a lot of uh, perhaps negative places we can start after a three, two walk off loss certainly. But I, I admit to you, despite the fact that this was the first series of the year in New York, the first time the Jays get to see Garrett Cole was today. Of course, a lot of important firsts for the Jays in a divisional battle against the team that won the division in 2022, for me, almost more than a win or loss, the thing I was looking forward to the most out of today's ball game was just what on earth was Alec Manoa going to look like? And seven shutout innings of two hit ball after the relatively concerning sort of season he's had to date. I will take that any day.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I I, I think, you know, it's easy to say now, but the blue Jays were unlikely to win today with the fact Garrett Cole was on the mound. The Yankees have won all five of Garrett Cole's starts so far this year. And so in my mind, like you said, Manoa's performance was more important necessarily than what they did on the field. And yeah, he was, I mean, he was phenomenal. Frankly, there was one, which happening was it? If I remember correctly, the third, yes, the third, there was the Cabrera double and then the Peraza walk. And it was second and third, but then he struck out Volpe and got judged to end the inning. And that was just the kind of stuff Manoa was doing last year. You felt like no situation during the game was too big for him. At times, his location still looked a little erratic today, to be honest. But his pitches were moving like crazy. And I really think at times last year, his location looked a little erratic. And it really wasn't a problem because of the run he was getting on his two seamer sinker and how much movement, of course, he typically has on the slider. Changeup worked well today, too, in the handful of lefty at bats. I think he got one strikeout, maybe on Calhoun Mm -hmm. with the changeup, if I remember correctly. So, yeah, I mean. Alec Manoa, by far the best start he's had this year. Same numbers as Kansas City. What a Much better team.
0: Yeah, absolutely. There's no no question it was his best start of the season, especially as a as a bounce back reply, I would say, after the season today. That's Ben Shulman. I'm show Ali. Welcome to Jay's Talk across the Sportsnet Radio Network. We're live on sportsnet.ca and the Sportsnet app as well. Taking your calls and texts. Phone lines are open, 416-870-0590, 666 590 Start 590 on your cellular device. 590 590 is where you can text us. That's the people's text line. And it is always open. I I won't lie to you, Ben. I am. And it is a common thread on the text line. We will read all of them as much as, as many of we can at the very least, but I am a little perplexed with the bottom third of the order coming up. Manoa at 85 pitches looked great all game long. Why he doesn't at the very least Come back out for the eighth inning. Like, I'm not saying he's he's going to be out there for the entire inning. Maybe you tell him, hey, like Pete Walker or, or Schneider walks up to him and says, even if one guy gets on base, you're done. And we used to, we've seen that happen a couple times. Like, I remember that happened to Gosman a couple times last year. I think there was a game at Fenway, and he came out for the ninth inning, and he let the—I think he walked, or at, least, at the very least, the very first base runner of the inning got on base— And he got pitching changed immediately, like like maybe like 30 to 40 seconds after the the inning started and that happened. So they clearly have no problem doing it. But I I would almost have preferred him to get like two outs. And then they say he's done the monitor the pitch count. I don't know. It just again, it's situational. Certainly, like if it had been the top of the order coming up, then I'd say, no, maybe it's not something to deal with. But 85 pitches and seven, eight, nine for the Yankees, who you know, some of them had hit, but most of them had not over, over the course of the entire game. I
1: was a little surprised. It was a little shocking to me for me. I I guess I I wasn't so shocked. I thought there were a couple things that went into it. I mean, first of all, just Manoa, like we've talked about has not had a good year. He's had, you know, by far the most struggles he's ever had in his career. And yes, he looked great today, but every inning that he gets deeper into the game, there's a higher and higher chance. Something's going to go wrong. And, and I think, You know, you couple that with his age, which is also important. You know, Sandy Alcantara missed his start today. Uh, Jeffrey Springs is undergoing surgery. You don't want to fall into a trap of, of overusing your young pitcher. Certainly not a guy who I think most people hope is a Blue Jay, not just for the six years of his rookie contract or six and change, but for 13, 14, 15 seasons going forward. And then I think the final thing that really swung it, I do think that it was intentional to try and set Jimmy Garcia up with a clean inning right. in a favorable situation, because I think they're trying to get them going and they have to. And I understand that that's frustrating to people, but they are not going to be good this year. Like they can't get a whole new bullpen as much as sometimes people want them to. That's not realistic. It's not how major professional sports work. You can't shuffle eight guys in and, and eight guys out that quickly. They need Jimmy Garcia to be good. And, and we'll get into the bullpen more. I'm sure. And I really think it had as much to do with giving Garcia the best chance to succeed as it did with Manoa. And I think in added bonus is, you, you know, Manoa had a good start today. Now, if you throw him out there for the eighth, who, who's to say that Peraza doesn't single off him anyway. And then even if they yank him and Volpe homers off Garcia, I bet you Manoa feels bad that those one of those runs is on him and that in theory, he could have given up the game. Instead, he leaves with a no decision and everything that he did in his power was as good as it could have been.
0: I, I don't disagree with the fact that with the, with the thought that it, it could have gone another way, but he was pitching so well. I, I, I don't, I don't see why not at least try,
1: you know what I mean? I think like, that that's the Garcia thing at that point yeah, is the clean yeah. inning, but, uh, but that's not an objective. Like that was the better. Sure, I mean, clearly yeah, yeah. it didn't work. So don't get me wrong. It's, it certainly could have gone a different way.
0: Yeah, boy, Jimmy Garcia. Like, I, I've i been a pretty big Garcia defender, and you know what? He is scuffling to start yeah. the year. He is. Like, there's no doubt about it. Like, he's had some excellent moments, don't get me wrong, but more often than not, in 2023 specifically, he has had some struggles, and again, against the bottom of the order. Sure, I suppose it could have happened to Manoa, but at the same time, he, like he gives him the two-run bomb Volpe and top prospect but still a guy who wasn't a hitting under hitting. 200 before yeah, that he's already ha- he already had one home run and both of his home runs to date had been like Yankee Stadium specials. so again a little bit of a cheap a cheap result but my goodness the pitch that Volpe hit for a home run was we, we've joked about it before but that is as center cut as you can close to as you can get without just taking it and yeah. painting it on the on the uh, three by three box
1: there Yeah, I was. And and I mean, and frankly, even the at bat before Peraza, Jimmy got the first two outs, like nothing. And then he threw a pitch right down the middle to Peraza and Peraza roped that one for a single. It, It is tough because, you know, Jimmy, for the first six appearances he made this year, he gave up a run to start the season, which is not going to put him in the good graces of many fans. But then he ends up pitching five in a row without giving up runs. All of a sudden he surrendered runs in three of his last four appearances And that just can't happen. I mean, every time he's coming in in important situations, they need him to be better, but they also can't abandon him because you isolated to, you know, 2023. And with good reason, he was clearly the second most important reliever for them in 2022 and not that far behind Jordan Romano. I mean, Jimmy was the guy who, if I had to guess, up until the last week or two of the season pitched more of the three in a rows than even Romano did. Jimmy was the guy closing games when Romano was tired. And in every game where Romano featured, it was likely that Jimmy had set him up before that. Yeah. I mean, they need him to be good. So they need to keep putting him in frankly until he works it out. I think, but he needs to be good. He's a free agent. Yeah. yeah. He <laughs> needs to be good too. He, uh, yeah, certainly he knows that I'm sure his agent as well, but he is, you know, we talked a couple weeks ago about, Swanson and him being on even footing or Jimmy potentially, you know, having having the lead, frankly, just out of familiarity with Mm -hmm. the team and and the manager, I would say he's probably lost that ground to Swanson at this point. Not to say he can't pitch eighth innings, but Swanson feels like the main setup guy now.
0: Let's go to the phone lines, 416-870-0590, 590 star 590 on your cell. You can text us as well at 590-590. I'll get to the text line in a couple of minutes. Billy from Markham joining us on J-Stock. Billy, settle this for us. Where do you fall on the Manoa being pulled after 85 pitches?
2: Listen, Ben, I, I could not disagree with you more. I, I, I really couldn't. Listen to me. The bullpen on this team is its worst asset. Jimmy, double off-the-wall Garcia... It should not be pitching the eighth inning. He he has been lit up all year. Our bullpen is terrible. Okay, fine. I get you got to I get you got to go to it at some point. But I thought both managers were terrible today. First of all, the Yankees go and blow their top. Their their two top relievers and they they leave us Juan Peralta late in the game. Thank you, thank you for having Peralta in the game. He shouldn't be pitching the ninth inning for them. Okay. Alex Manoa is a horse. He's throwing 85 pitches. I don't care if he's been hit early. Who do you want in the game, Ben? Do you want our relievers or do you want Manoa?
1: Okay, Billy, 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 Billy. So you hate the pen is what I'm hearing. I hate the what? The bullpen. You hate the pen. Of
2: course. Okay, Okay.
1: So let me ask my question. Billy, do you believe the Toronto Blue Jays are a World Series contender?
2: Of course I believe we're a World Series so contender. So you think
1: a World Series contender could exist without using its bullpen unless it absolutely needed to? That it would pitch its starters down to when their arms are aching or they've been knocked out?
2: Oh, come on, ben. Well, Billy, come Billy, on, you're telling me they can't aching. go to their
1: second highest leverage reliever. I mean, like last year didn't happen.
2: Let me ask you a question. How old are you?
1: All right, How Billy. All right, Billy. Have a nice oh, day. Oh. Appreciate the call, Billy. It's not bad points, but you can't ignore a whole bullpen. I mean, like... It, it, no baseball team has ever won that way. And more baseball teams are winning recently with the whole bullpen.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I do. Again, I, I fall on the I are I on the side of let him come back out for the eighth because 85 pitches. If he was at a hundred pitches and we come back for the eighth, I say, no, it's done. His day is done. But, but again, you can't, the, the other half of that conversation is you can pretty much, you can't never use your bullpen. Ha- and having said that, I I, I do think that, and again, I, I like the idea that maybe the 789 was a way to get Jimmy Garcia back on track. Having said that, it's just it did feel kind of like it. I think they kind of got a little let off the hook because Danny Jansen hit a home run to kind of change the equation of this game a little bit. But. Boy, Jimmy Garcia in 2023, he has not been, he has not been a reli- He has, hasn't been as reliable as someone who just joined the team and someone like Eric Swanson, for example.
1: And we didn't even see Swanson today. For sure. For sure. I, again, that, you know, the decision they made today is an isolated thing, but they cannot, first of all, letting a pitcher go seven innings is a lot already, especially one in his early twenties. And in most situations, obviously today, It didn't look good. Every time your bullpen gets hit, you can't abandon your bullpen. Just like every time a guy hits a home run, like Danny Jansen's on Barry bonds. Now, you know, you, you have to, you have to take in the results as they come and essentially just look at every single team. Every single team that's won a world series recently has had one of the nastiest bullpens in baseball. Every, every single one, I would love to see a great team who won a world series, who their starters were going eight every game. And just if they really had to, they'd go to the pen that's not how you win especially not in april i mean alec manoa has got 27 more starts ahead of him if he stays healthy Mm -hmm. you you can't one inning in april against seven eight nine was more than likely going to go okay anyway it didn't not every decision you make works out
0: i'm just looking at a text line here before we go back to the phone lines and let me let me be clear there are a lot of Manoa. Why did not? Why did Manoa not come back out for the eighth? I understand like a lot of them. Like this one okay. is from. I
1: just wonder how many people would have texted that if the eighth was seven, eight, nine, regardless. Or sorry, one, two, three, you know regardless what? of who pitched. I'll That's give, all I'm saying.
0: I'll give the texters some credit because. In my experience, they have at least always been consistent with wanting more from
1: the starters. I'll okay. give them I'll give them credit well, for that. That's fair. I mean, baseball has just shifted away from and that, but big, I understand why a lot of people would feel that way, because it's different than it has been in the last yeah. 10, 15 years.
0: I okay, see here. Let's see. There's one from uh, Mark from Thorold, not the spot for Garcia. That spot should have been taken by Swanson or Pearson. Well, Pearson's not on the team, but Swanson. That's uh, a valid point. I think that I don't, again, we had seen Swanson get up in this game, and then we didn't end up seeing him at all. So I would imagine we do see Swanson at some point tomorrow. I think they were saving him for tomorrow by not using him. And Me- Meza was the other guy we, we saw uh, get warm, and we didn't uh, see either of them, you know, Swanson or Me- Meza. I see here, uh, let's see, uh, Kevin, and then in, in, in brackets it says Buffalo. Should have been pinch pinched for by KK. And then your bottom of the ninth defense would have been Varsho and left. KK at center, Merrifield at second base. Manoa was awesome. That game is on Schneider. Chris from Ottawa, uh, our 94-year-old neighbor, Mary Flowers. She's a huge Jays fan. She asked me to monitor. Mary and I are both old school on having pitchers go deeper into games. Classic overuse of the bullpen this afternoon. Manoa was cruising. So why remove him uh, at the beginning of the eighth to bring in Garcia, who was struggling and pinched, pitched last night. Schneider making the same mistakes as Montoyo last year. Look, I, I, I do think ultimately when it comes to The Manoa cruising. Yes, I do think he should have been brought back out. But at the same time, even even if it was to a degree a mistake with Jimmy Garcia, even if it was like you can't like there was probably no chance in this game that Manoa was ever going to pitch a complete game, let's say Let's say he had come out for the eighth and he pitched, and he threw like a 10 pitch or 15, which is such a
1: best case scenario view on on a third time through the
0: year. Yeah, exactly. So let's say he, he he gets out of the game after 100 pitches. Do you send him back out for the ninth? Like no, I th- I Certainly think no not, I not against Certainly like Volpe
1: yeah. and Judge
0: and Rizzo like almost ch- almost no chance to do that. So again, I think I think we've also seen, and Schneider has said this, and maybe we'll hear from Schneider a little later on during Jay's talk. But Schneider has said this following ball games that he does adhere to the philosophy of especially after guys have scuffled that he'd rather pull them. With a clean outing, having feeling good about themselves, and may, and again, we know uh, Billy used the word uh, "Manoa is a horse," and I agree, I one thousand percent agree. Seven with Seven innings is a he horse-like workhorse. <laughs> seven innings is what you expect from a workhorse, and again, it's it's not that he couldn't have gone eight. I think it's more of the the philosophy around this ball club. Ben seems to be more. Hey, look, he had a great start. He has not had a good year. Like unequivocally has not had a good year. So you pull him and and you you hope you not I don't want to say hope for the best, but you turn it over to your bullpen, who more often than not has not struggled.
1: Yeah, I mean I'm it's I'm not saying it's the same people. It's probably not. The text line was suggesting Manoa to Buffalo after his last start. Like you can't you can't expect the same results. It's the gambler's fallacy. Just because he pitched seven clean doesn't mean the eighth was going to be clean. And it just he had an awesome day. It's a great it shouldn't be a day that causes frustration. He had an awesome day. It's a great thing to move on from. One game in April is less important than the overall long-term performance of Alec Manoa. And if this makes him confident, it's gonna win them more than one game down the line than if he had come out for the eighth. And if something had gone wrong, if something had gone wrong, but the Blue Jays had won today, mm-hmm. but Manoa ends up giving up three in that eighth inning, which I know is It's a big thing, but just in a hypothetical, I think that's worse for the Blue Jays season, even if they won today. I think it's better for them that their lead starting pitcher, the guy who was their ace on opening day, who could not put together a quality start before today, had a phenomenal start in Yankee Stadium.
0: Let's go back to the phone lines. Four one six eight seven zero zero five ninety one triple eight triple six zero five ninety star five ninety on your cell. Jeff joining us here on Jays Talk. Jeff joining us on uh, from Toronto. Pardon me. Uh, how's it going, Jeff? What's on your mind today?
3: Uh, first of all, I just wanted to say thanks. Uh, my I'm uh, a new dad, and my son here wasn't uh, wasn't too happy about napping, so I figured throw him in the car, <laughs> listen to the Jays game, and all right. drove around, listen to. How uh, old is he, Jeff? How, how old is he now? Nice. 14 months old. Oh, wow. Wow. Congratulations. Yeah, congrats. Yeah, so he's in the back. He's just waking up now. But uh, when I turned the car on, actually, this is the the first thing that kind of came to mind about the game today to move away from kind of the bullpen talk, because I think you can flip that coin every day of the week. But, uh the, when Springer, Springer was called out that's kind of what I came into uh, in the ball game and the one thing that to go Peter Griffin here kind of grinds my gears is the standing around with the replay like can we not just get to uh, you know you have 5 seconds 10 seconds after the play to say review or no and then move on because this like no hang on nobody move everybody stay you know and then headphones or not I, that just that bugs me a little bit with the flow of the game the pitch clock's done, done a lot to help kind of move things along but then you have these moments where it's like oh can we get off the field oh wait we're gonna I don't know
1: yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I I was surprised when they initially came out at the rule that they allowed you to watch the play. I mean, that's why it takes a lot of time for those who don't know. Essentially, there's a video person for both teams, which you'd likely see on TV, the phone. That's who they're talking to, to, to watch the whole play. Now, there is a time limit, but I do kind of agree. I, I think they could shorten it, and it would be more interesting. I know, you know, with the automatic strike system, there's a challenge system, or sorry, with the... Ch- strike and ball challenge yes, systems yes. they're testing in the minors, not automatic. They have like an automatic system just for a few challenges, kind of like tennis. If you see those ones so that it's like the the batter basically has to do it right away. I believe it is. And if he doesn't do it right away, it's gone. I do think it's fun. It's less of a, uh, an intrusion on the game. Uh, so I agree. Yeah, it is a little awkward at the end of an inning.
0: I think the last time out real quick, you
1: and I discussed occupying like the idea
0: of occupying the bag and how the like kind of like Jeff's talking about the ticky tack rules, sometimes preventing the spirit of the rule, perhaps from being fulfilled. And like we said on top five, which is what Jeff was talking about. Springer tries to steal second and it like, it definitely looked like Anthony Volpe, used his glove to push Springer's fingers off the base. I At actually, least, kind of
1: hard tagged or yes. like worked, to push through the tag.
0: I, I do like they didn't review it in the end. And, and then it, it was kind of like, ah, do I, should we, should we do it? Should we not do it? So I, I get Jeff's point. Uh, ultimately on that play, I will say, I do think Springer's momentum probably would have taken him off the base. Just the base, just he was really gunning for second and his, he was running so fast. I feel like it would have been hard. He wasn't like grabbing a corner of the base. He just had his fingers on the base and then Volpe pushed him off. So I think he did do it, but I, I do understand the complaint because. I, I, maybe there's a small chance he stayed on the bag and ultimately they didn't review. So they clearly agreed on that. But I do think that does kind of go back to the thing we were talking about before, about like the spirit of the rule about occupying a bag on, on a steal or, you know, the people you see in the minors sometimes like guys fake a throw with the glove and they the ball in their glove. And then they tag the guy and then suddenly called out like, I don't know. I don't love those kinds of things. I admit.
1: Yeah. Like uh, I think we both kind of agree and maybe he didn't push him, but it did look like Volpe probably at least uh, helped George over the bag, a bag that, you again, also looked like he was kind of going to slide over anyway. But with the discussion we had last time with the, you know, the fractions of centimeters that guys can come off a base for a tiny little 10th of a second, something we would never see yeah. with the naked eye. I do think middle infielders now and in the future can potentially use that kind of thing, pushing guys a little bit and seeing, Hey, if I keep the glove on him and my momentum moves him even for a little bit off the bag, then there's a chance because also, you know, runners are taught to slide right over the top of the bag. So George's momentum was always, when you run that fast, you're going to slide that far, but the plan is to be right on line so that it goes from your hands to your knees, to your feet, eventually ending up on the bag. But because Volpe is a smart shortstop, he also essentially blocked that lane or made it look like the ball, the throw was bringing him into that lane, which is what every good middle infielder does and ended up kind of changing George's slide into a hook slide. So yeah, it is, it is interesting. I do think it's another play where, you know, even if they had reviewed it, Blue Jays probably uh, don't get anything on that.
0: Yeah, that that kind of thing is pretty hard to overturn because he was also he was called out. And as we know, you know, the call stands is not a call is confirmed. You know, these are different different terminologies of how they they, uh, the referees or the umpires speak to what goes on here and i have a feeling you're probably right i don't think the jays were uh, getting any uh, any any favors from that one uh, let's go back to the phone lines 416-870-0590 star 590 on your cell 1-888-666-0590 jay calling in from toronto jay welcome to jay stock how's it going today what's on your mind
4: oh hey guys good 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 thanks to uh thanks for taking my yeah. call So I'm going to follow up uh, with the first call. I'm not going to be as emotional or as discriminatory, Ben. I know you're young, but your baseball acumen is excellent. uh, That's
1: okay. I appreciate it.
4: (laughs) Totally unfair, totally discriminatory. There's some young guys who are really good at baseball, and you're definitely one of them. But let's go back to some of the argument. Uh, You know, when you watch that crappy Apple TV game, they have all this uh, percentage of getting a hit, percentage of getting a home run, win probability, blah, blah, blah. The probability of Alec Manoa starting the eighth inning Going through seven, eight, nine, either one, two, or three outs, and getting getting them all out is much, much higher than putting in the vo- very volatile Jimmy Garcia, who has been not good lately, and with only 85 pitches, the right move in this interdivisional game is to bring in your ace, who is pitching great, because and you're right you don't know like you said something like oh maybe someone gets a hit maybe somebody else gets a hit yeah of course nobody knows anything about baseball i mean look at romano the guy comes in, in the ninth. four guys in a row can't get anybody out the jays lose the game but the the right baseball move was to put manoa in and show you said bring him in give him an out or two no he gets through it clean then, of course, he's out of the game. And then you could play with your bullpen arms to see who's going to pitch the ninth and if there's a tenth and eleventh, et cetera. I'm going to follow up on another question you asked the guy you called. I forget his name. You asked him, do you think the Blue Jays are a World Series contender? And he said, yes, of course. Well, my answer is, no way, because of the bullpen. For the third year in a row, they did not make any massive moves. I love Swanson, and I think Pop has been a great addition. And I think those actually are your maybe two best arms in the bullpen right now. And I would have probably, if I did take Manila out, those are the guys that I'm going to first. And you also said that Garcia was really important to the Jays, and he's the setup man. I'm going to correct you. He used to be the setup man last year. Things changed all the time. The bullpen, like the Jays have, is not a stagnant, you're my closer, you're my eighth inning, you're my setter. It's fluid because they don't have, like the Atlanta Braves, for example, who've shown a great deal of success. Uh, an order of relievers to come out. Garcia, to me, honestly, he's fourth, maybe fifth on my list. The way he's been pitching, he doesn't have stuff on a regular basis that I think could get guys out. And uh, I think, you know, we're going to change the uh, the pecking order, as they say, as the season goes on. Uh, it's too bad that they had to use today, like an experiment to get Garcia an inning clean, which is probably the reason he was put in, and I agree with you on that. But this isn't a time to, hey, let's give Garcia a clean inning. No, you're playing the Yankees. They're the team that's going to be battling you with the race to win the division. And maybe the last wild card spot, for all of you know. Wins count in April, and I just think it was the wrong decision. I'll make one more prediction that somebody asked me before the season started, and my prediction is that Jordan Romano is not your closer after the All-Star break. I'll listen
0: in and see what you guys have to say. Wow, that's a, thank, well, I appreciate the call, Jay. Thanks for joining us on Jay's Talk. That so I is think a, he's leaning like Swanson? Yeah, well, I mean, if it's not Jordan Romano, and I don't think, based on what Jay was saying, that he is uh, the biggest fan of Jimmy Garcia no, so far no. this <laughs> season. So if that's the case, then it's it's got to be either Swanson or,
1: I don't know. I, I think, think it's I, think must Simber, be, I suppose. it must be I, Swanson. It
0: must be Swanson. Yeah.
1: Um, I will say for Jay, you know, one of the other bullpen additions they made is always kind of takes the momentum away from it. But Chad green, a little bit of a wild card granted coming yep. off an injury sure. totally would would accept people saying that, but Chad green, you know, if he can pitch close to his potential, I do think is a leverage arm. Um, and who knows? I still think right now that, that Jimmy Garcia is a setup man, but I don't disagree, Jay, that the roles can change. Like it's, you know, there is certainly no one, even Jordan Romano included, I think in this bullpen has enough time for this team pitching in leverage spots that they are just locked in regardless of performance. Things could change. Um, I, I think Swanson is, has definitely been one of the bright spots. I don't think that that's a situation where pop is necessarily on the card uh, for for John Schneider to bring in. I mean, he his numbers are similar to Garcia's and less leverage opportunities, but it, it, it's a fair point. I think that in a in a way that could be frustrating to some, they were valuing Manoa and Garcia's mentality and how they're feeling about themselves and performance more than the win today. And I could understand a lot of people not liking that.
0: That's Ben Schulman. I'm Show Ali. Let's take a very quick break. Still, some people on hold on the phone line. Stay on hold for us, please. We'll get you after the break. Still, a lot of texts to get to as well. Get to all as many text line questions as humanly possible at 590 And please leave your name and location so we can give you a shout out on the air. But JS talk continues after the break. Show and Ben on the Sportsnet Radio Network.
3: You know, you have Garrett on the ropes there early in the first. Um... He made good pitches to Chappie and Varsh, and then I think, you know, in the sixth against Marinaccio, um, you know, it was still it was a changeup right there, 2-0 to Brandon, and just didn't click it. But I think overall, you know, the approach is, you know, the same. Guys are impress- uh, pressing in those spots, and, uh, you know, it'll be a matter of time before they start getting those knocks.
0: That is John Schneider speaking to the media about runners in scoring position, and, of course, uh, 0 for 9. With runners in scoring position today. Uh, not great. No, not, no, great. not great at Especially all. Especially when you lose by one run. Um, uh, welcome back to J stock. Certainly I'm show sure that's Ben. We'll continue chatting about the runners in scoring position issue. Uh, certainly more uh, texts and phone calls about that, about the bullpen, about Alec Manoa's seven inning outing. But first let's go Ben over to the major league standings watch presented by bet. Three, six, five with bet. Three, six, five. You can watch thousands of live games, build your own bet. You can even make a bet. While the games still being played, nineteen plus play responsibly. Ontario only. So after the win, because both the Yankees and the Blue Jays were twelve and eight coming into this game. So of course the Yankees are thirteen and eight. The Blue Jays are twelve and nine. The Baltimore Orioles. The Tampa Bay Rays actually are playing right now. The game just started about twenty minutes ago, but they're the, leading already. By the way, <laughs> great! That's wonderful. That's totally that's totally cool. Uh, <laughs> you know that GIF? All everything is good here. As the no, that's what not, we're not quite house burning down yet. No. but uh, Tampa Bay Rays being seventeen and three and already, continuing to lead is definitely not what you want to hear. But they are in action right now. The Red Sox and the Orioles in their respective games are playing a little later on tonight, but as it stands right now, following the Jays game and entering the Rays game as well. Tampa Bay 17 and three Baltimore is 12 and seven. The Yankees are just behind them. They are 13 and eight. The Toronto blue Jays 12 and nine, like I said, and the Boston Red Sox are 11 and 10. So right now every single team in this division is above 500. Probably won't be the case, but again, as we always say, Ben, this has been a relatively tough schedule for the blue Jays as the beginning of the season has gotten off here, but I think as the, you know, post all-star break, it might be a little different.
1: Yeah. For what it's worth. I mean, strength of schedule is a little bit more of what you think it is than what the numbers would say right now, because we don't totally know who's good and bad, but the Rays have played what baseball reference would consider the easiest strength of schedule of any team this year. Baltimore has played the seventh easiest blue Jays are in that neighborhood though. They're not that far back. So yeah, I, I think it's been a pretty tough schedule though. And probably, you know, they'll make up some games when they get to play some Washington's, et cetera
0: yeah I think so too. And again, I think the it's a it's not an easy schedule from here all the way through to the end of uh let's say let's say the end of the first half of the season before the all star break. a lot of uh games against the rest of the a l east and a lot of games against teams you may have thought would have been bad, like the Pirates, for example, who have turned out to be pretty good so far early on in the season. Yeah. so we'll see how the Blue Jays do in the next couple of weeks going into May here as we are at the end of April. Um, I wanted to get back to the text line here before we go back to the phone line just I haven't read too many texts this this afternoon. I see here, uh, this is from Taylor. Taylor just says, probably time for a new hitting coach. Going back to last season, this team has been absolutely abysmal with runners in scoring position. These guys are too damn good to have the average they do in those situations. Probably not helped by the fact that, you know, ultimately you go back to the game against the Astros, a game which you feel you probably could have won, you know, the Springer, Bo, Vladdy thing with the bases loaded, no outs, you don't score a single run. In that situation, but uh, today, again, a lot of opportunities again. 0 for nine with runners in scoring position. So like Brandon belt, for example, base is loaded. He pops it up after Varsho knocks Garrett Cole out of the ball game. When he gets aboard, Alejandro Kirk walks. And then of course the belt pop-up. Ultimately, I didn't mind belt swinging at a pitch like that because of what we saw yesterday. And he's, I think he's starting to put it together a little bit more, but boy, Ben over nine, in scoring position offense scuffling, but it actually oddly felt the, the Wandi Peralta inning, notwithstanding most of the opportunities for the offense today actually seemingly came against Garrett Cole.
1: Yeah, I think that's, you know, it's, it's equally encouraging in in some ways, but more actually, I would say more frustrating, probably than encouraging at the end of the day, you go to the first inning, it looked like they were going to score Vladdy doubles with Springer on first, but maybe hit a little too hard. And George, not the slowest nor the fastest runner on this team did not score on that. And then you have Chapman and Varsho both striking out. And really the second inning, I think is the one, like you said, that, that hurts in a way because Kirk doubles. Runner on second, nobody out. I mean, you're not going to do it literally every time, but you want to try and score that pretty much every time because you don't need a hit from that point on. You just need some well placed ground balls and fly balls. They couldn't convert that. And, it, you know, it's kind of one of those things like Manoa's last start when they had runners on in the first against McClanahan and right. did not score. Yeah. When you don't score, it's not like Garrett Cole's going to give you four more chances. Like the Blue Jays had two chances with runners in scoring position with one or fewer outs. And, they could not find a way to knock in runs, and that kind of sealed their fate for the rest of the Cole start because you only get to him a couple of times. That's why he's Garrett Cole.
0: Well, let's go back to the phone lines. Four one six, eight seven zero, zero five ninety, one triple eight, triple six, zero five ninety, star five ninety on your cell. David calling in from Nova Scotia in Dartmouth. David, how's it going today? Welcome to JSTOP.
5: Yes, thank you very much for taking my call. It's, uh, it's quite interesting listening this, this long on the phone to everything. You really get to hear all the good things that have been said. Thank you very
0: much. <laughs> well, I appreciate you hanging yeah. on for us, David. But anyways,
5: listen, I as I said to your producer there, I said, I think there isn't anybody on the face of this planet that follows baseball knows that the Jays can't hit with men in scoring possession, especially with two out. So, but that also means that the Jays players need it, know it too. So they're trying their damnness to do it, and maybe they're trying a little too hard. But like I said, it'll come around or they'll just wind up in the cellar. That's the way that goes. It can't continue. All right? Now, as far as the coaching position is concerned, let's face it. Snyder did the best job that he knows how. Baseball, like any other sport, is a team. People have a job to do, and when they're asked to do it, they're supposed to do it to the best of their ability. Sometimes you win, and sometimes you lose. So, so uh, Alex Manoa, and I was so proud of him today, especially when he had men on base in second and third, and bing, bang, boom, strikeouts. I said, he's back. He's back. How do you like me now? Right? We all did. Now now Snyder made it, took him out, but he gave him seven great innings against Derek Cole. Derek Cole left before before Alex did. Oh, we forgot about that, didn't we? So there another move. So now he makes another move. And he made a move, and guess what? He put a pinch hitter in when you're down two runs, bing, bang, boom, out of the park. Wow, there's a move he made. That worked out. So the other moves he made didn't work out today, and I think it's already been said our closer is lacking. He could should have come in then. And did his job and shut that inning
0: down. Yeah, I think that's totally fair. I Appreciate the call, David. Thank you for calling in here on j Stock. A lot of great points there. Certainly, I think I think like the balance of David. What David is saying is that not every not every decision a manager makes works out. And and he did make some decisions today that did very much work out, including Danny Jansen pinch hitting a home run, which yeah. frankly is I, I I genuinely think someone coming in to pinch it after being cold all game and then coming in and smoking a home run. For, to give your team, if not the lead, to tie the game after you hadn't scored a single run all game. I think that is much more difficult than we give these players credit for. So definitely I will I will assign some of the credit also to, uh, to John Schneider on that
1: one. Yeah, I mean, he called on a guy who was cold all month, really. Like Danny has not necessarily gotten into stride yet. And yeah, it's sometimes not as easy as this. But if you do want to break it down to some simple math, if you believe... And you might that Schneider cost the team two runs by mm-hmm. bringing in Garcia. I think you'd have to say that by bringing in Jansen, he got those two runs back. I mean, he quite literally erased it right away. And, and you know, like was just said, if Jordan Romano ends up pitching a scoreless ninth, then the Garcia slash Jansen thing's really a wash. You concerned about Jordan Romano a little bit. I would say I'm concerned about the whole bullpen mm-hmm. because one guy struggling is, is a thing that you can work through But Romano has not been as good as he was at his peak. I mean, he has definitely been a little shakier. Then you have Garcia, who, again, I'm not saying has been, you know, pitching like he's Dennis Eckersley coming out of that pen. He, he has struggled. Anthony Bass is supposed to be a leverage reliever on this team. He has struggled. I mean, I think my main concern right now is they need to get multiple different guys going. And and I do wonder soon if they start to dip into that triple a pool of guys who are, you know, fringe or or could be major leaguers frankly if they were in organizations that weren't as stacked up right now as the blue jays because i i do think they might need one or two more answers at least to get them into a spot where a couple of these guys are starting to feel better again.
0: Yeah, i'm just let there's some texts here about you know, do, do the, does the bullpen need to be shaken up a little bit? Do more guys need to be targets? I I'm missing it right now, but there was a text about whether, oh, here it is from Kevin and Markham. Uh, I love to see Manoa have a solid start. My question is there are two lefties in KC that seem to have been directly signed as trade bait. So you'd mentioned her all this Chapman before Garrett is the other one that uh, Kevin mentions, should they entertain a trade option to bolster the bullpen? And I, I gotta say like, if, if you're going into the trade deadline, which is so far from now, but if you are eventually going to think about the trade deadline, I think it probably is to a certain degree, and I think it might depend on anything going on with Santiago Espinal. He's gonna go for X rays, we'll have to see how badly he was injured after taking the pitch off the wrist because he looked like he was in a lot of pain. So, and he went directly to the locker room too, right? So, I you know that probably will change the equation to a certain degree. But let that that aside, the bullpen is probably. Definitely the biggest need on this team right now. Oh, I think so. For when, you, sure. when you look around, how the starting rotation has seemingly bounced back, and how the position players are are playing so far.
1: Yeah, I mean, I mean, at the end of the day, while the offense has had some trouble in scoring position this year, they actually did finish as a top ten uh, per OPS runners in scoring position offense last year. I I really think adding to the offense is complimentary. It might be nece- like it might be necessary. The, the colors and textures surely have a beat on this one. I think they they might need to bring in arms to this pen if they want to feel like they are a world series caliber bullpen. That doesn't mean, uh, frankly, that does not mean that Eric Swanson or Jimmy Garcia or probably Anthony Bass or a couple other guys are going anywhere that the guys who are high leverage are high paid, high committed to and have performed well in their careers. That's why they got there. But yeah, I do think, you know, I do think those lefties in KC are a look, I, I, I wouldn't say that a lefty is exclusively where they're looking either. At this point, I do think that there's a a possibility that they could look for a righty because at least from a numbers standpoint, reliever numbers are, you know, are interesting sometimes to look at because they fluctuate a lot. But Mesa and Richards, all of a sudden, I know we've been talking about adding a lefty all year. They're two of your better performing relievers right now. I mean, if you just go by the numbers, mm-hmm. obviously situations leverage change a lot of things here. But I, I do think, you know, a lefty could be added. I do think a righty could be added potentially. And, and every good team. You know, picks up Jesse Chavez and another reliever to bolster their run. Former Blue Jay Jesse Chavez uh, still kicking a it, right? Thir- a thirty-nine-year-old Jesse Chavez. I believe he's still pitching. Yeah, he's,
0: I, yeah, he's pitching very well for the Braves right now.
1: Of course he is. Yeah, of course he's, he's pitching is. excellently.
0: Why? Why? Because
1: why, <laughs> why wouldn't he be? Um, yeah, you're right. He's leading the major leagues yeah. in appearances. He's very good. Um, Shocking. So yeah. obviously not him because he's on a contender. But that type of guy, everyone's picking up. I think. One guy to be even more sure in the middle and one guy to be even more sure at the top. I mean, when the Blue Jays were good in 2015, they picked up LaTroy Hawkins and Mark Lowe. Yeah. Mark Lowe for off forgotten about, but like was the setup man for the 2015 Blue Jays for a lot of that time. So I, I do think they'll probably add to that pen. And yeah, it is concerning that a lot of them are blown up right now.
0: Uh, I'm going to read a couple of texts for you and then we'll, I want to get to one more point about Kevin Biggio because a lot, I see a lot of Biggio texts here. So we'll get to those in a sec. But this one, um, let's see. Uh, Andrew in London, I very much disagree with Manoa coming out. Uh, Manoa easily pitching a great game. Low pitch count. Modern baseball sometimes makes no sense. Uh, Evan from St. John's, Love the show. Uh, I know some people will be questioning the decision to pull Manoa after seven with the way he was pitching. However, I think a part of it is confidence. Manoa comes out without giving up any runs and can feel really good about pitching a great game. And then he says in, in brackets, along with the stats from the khakis, probably indicating he should come out. So yeah, I think, uh, I think maybe Blair and Barker would agree with, <laughs> with, the, uh, with, with the usage of the khakis. Uh, at the end of the day, relievers job to come in and get guys out. Garcia didn't execute. It happens. Anyways, cheers, guys. Um, I see here one from, actually, there are a number here, so I'm going to kind of combine some of these, but I appreciate everyone texting in. Mark from Toronto says, uh, the second Espinal got hurt, it would have made way more sense to bring Kiermaier into the game, shift Merrifield to second, Varsha to left. If you really didn't want to do that, at the very least, bring in Kiermaier to pinch hit for Biggio in the ninth to get that bunt down. Very frustrating to watch. I hope Espinal isn't seriously hurt. And that this performance finally moves Biggio to the role of 26th man on this roster. There are a lot of ones like that. Like this is from Fidel. Nathan
1: Lucas is the 26th man. That on is
0: true. So I guess 25th man on the roster is yeah. what he means. But Biggio is a A player. He can't properly bunt the ball twice. I have lost all confidence in him. Why did Schneider not let Manoa pitch the eighth under 90 pitches? Okay, that's from Fidel in Cuba. And I think there was another oh, one here. Oh, from Cuba? I know, I, I appreciate it. Nice. Oh, here, here's this one I was looking for Mark from Mississauga. No one has mentioned why after the Jansen home run, Biggio tried to bunt. Don't you think that a hit and run or just have Merrifield try and steal a second would have been a better play? We can't ignore the decision to have Biggio bunt in the ninth. And it's true. You and I were sitting here in baseball control talking about that. Both times it happened cuz I the first bunt I thought he just he just missed the bunt the very first time. It was a little too much towards the pitcher. Well, he comes and makes the, makes the play. But the second bunt was God. No, it was a bad, it bunt. Was, it was it was a bad
1: bunt. Yeah, I, I wouldn't say he had two bad bunts in the game, but he certainly had one. Don't get me wrong. That's that was and unfortunately if you had flipped them, it would have been fine because his first bunt would have worked fine as a sacrifice most likely for the second. I do th- I'm I'm not agreeing or disagreeing, but I do think with a player at Kevin Kiermaier's age, likely when they give him a day off, it would take a lot for them to not give him a day off. They do have a lot of games in a row coming up and he potentially plays outside of catcher, the most physically demanding position. And the fact that, you know, he's sprinting around all the time in his mid thirties out in center field, diving around for balls. But yeah, who who knows? I mean, the bunt, I, I, it is an interesting decision because I don't really think of Biggio much as a bunter. I mean, that was a sacrifice and and perhaps he saw the, you know, the the bunt for a base hit attempt, two innings before and thought, well, if that gets down again, that would do some good. But I will say, you know, like clearly on this show, I've taken more of a forward analytics kind (laughs) of modern baseball, which sometimes doesn't make sense. I, I agree. Not every decision that is made with stats or analytics is going to work out. I am a pretty anti the sacrifice bump with a guy on first. Like it's almost as likely that you just let two guys hit and either they hit two singles or you hit a double and score them. I mean, especially, Pizzio's hitting doubles as much as he's hitting singles at this point, I think. So yeah, I I would agree that I I did not agree with the bunt decision there. And I think a bunt, obviously an unsuccessful bunt, but in general, I think a bunt can kill a lot of momentum in an inning.
0: Yeah. It was not, uh, was not a great bunt. uh, You and I definitely talked about the idea of having at the very least having Kiermaier come in at the end, because I do think this team has been very strict about their off days. They yes. they are very, very strict about this, this is a scheduled rest day. If absolutely, like if another guy gotten injured or, you know, Varsho had fallen awkwardly or something on a run in from, from, from the outfield, then Kiermaier, Rega- no chance. He was not going to make an appearance in that game. If another thing happened, but Certainly. they clearly felt they could have managed it without bringing him into the ball game. I, I do agree. I would have liked to have at least seen him get up off the bench and bat. And, you know, maybe he doesn't stay in or, and again, ultimately it didn't matter. But, but I mean, look, the Yankees did virtually the exact same thing. DJ Lemay, who had a scheduled off day today, the guy comes in with the bases loaded, plays for like 45 seconds, and then can, then goes out with a win. So it's not as though it can't be done, but I do think the philosophy from this front office is something that they they look at with rest days. Uh, real quick, on the Biggio thing, though, Espinal hit by the pitch, immediately re- replaced. I uh, haven't seen anything yet to say if he's going to be out for anything for long-term or contusion, if it, you know, a fracture uh, after the x-rays or whatever. I'm sure we'll see more by the time the game starts tomorrow, but undoubtedly you're going to see more Kevin Puget now. Like, there's I mean, no you way have you to. Do, who no uh, you who do. else
1: would you see? Yeah. I mean, you're you're going to see probably more Merrifield at second. Like, they can do a little less Merrifield in the outfield. More Nathan Lucas, perhaps? If, if Mer- uh, yeah, in uh, the outfield. If Merrifield's field, at, if Merrifield's at second, yeah. you see more Lucas, I wonder. Yeah, I, maybe, but I I would say there's not much evidence... That Lucas would provide anything more than Biggio. Like, Biggio has had good sure. offensive seasons, but who knows? I, I do think, you know, it won't be a, a crazy uptick. I don't think Kevin Biggio is playing every single day. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, you know, the best case scenario would be that the X rays are negative and that Santiago is back in the lineup a couple days from now. In A couple of days, yeah. I
0: think at the very least, I would be shocked if we saw Espinal in the lineup tomorrow. Looks may- pretty flush. Maybe even the first game of the White Sox series especially since he's not an everyday guy anyway, bank, unless yeah.
1: you need it. And, and that kind of comes down to a lot of the stuff, whether it's, are they going to use Kiermaier or what they did with Manoa? Mm-hmm. I it's understandably frustrating. They are not making all of their decisions with the intent of winning today. Some of them are trying to win tomorrow or in August or in the playoffs.
0: We have a couple of minutes left here, Ben. Before we go, uh, real quick, we're going to see Kevin Gosman tomorrow, yeah. Clark Schmidt tomorrow for the Yankees, it would seem, who is, uh, with all the injuries the Yankees have had to so their starting rotation, is kind of like their long guy they're giving starts to effectively. Like he's not a real quote unquote a real starter, I would say, in the same vein as like a Luis Severino or a Nestor Cortez or something like that. But we are going to see Kevin Gosman, a chance for him to bounce back. And again, I do kind of wonder what the Yankees throw out there. There was no Aaron Hicks. There was no DJ LeMahieu. This was not going to see a Giancarlo Stanton for a couple of weeks because of the injury. But there are guys that did not play today that could play tomorrow against Gosman. So regardless, I am looking for a bounce back outing for Gosman because outside of the Astros game, he has been pretty reliable. He's been probably the best pitcher all year.
1: Yeah. He, I mean, striding into that game, he had an ERA below one, I believe, and really for one inning and. Granted, it was the worst inning of his career, clearly, but only for one inning was he really roughed up. And you might say that the outs after that were cheap, which I would understand. But regardless, I I do think, you know, that it'll be a bounce back for Gosman for sure. And all he has to do is put them in a position to win because like you said, Schmidt has really struggled this year. ERA near nine.
0: That is Ben Schulman. I'm Show Alley. We appreciate you being alongside us on Jays Talk, and of course, for listening to Blue Jays baseball. Brought to you by Crown Rust Protection. Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three is coming to theaters May 5th to celebrate. Crown Canada's number one rust protection is offering a special spring promotion inspired by the movie. Visit Crown.com for details and see Marvel Studios' Guardians of the Galaxy Volume Three only in theaters may 5th for ben shulman ben wagner blake murphy tom young nick blackmore that does it for jay's talk today we appreciate all the very passionate calls and text as always jay's dropped the second game of the series 3-2 to the yankees the rubber match goes tomorrow with gosman and schmidt julia kreutz will join me for jay's talk we'll talk to you then